Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I uh, review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule. I just finish the book and do uh, the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today is Juliana. She's got raised eyebrows at how many times I've messed up this introduction. Hello, everyone. Uh, yeah, it's been like how many years? Like uh, 12 years now that I've been doing this and 12 and a half years and I somehow this time messed up the introduction. Yeah, you're think, like really confused. I, I thought like maybe swap- I should do the introduction. You can do the introduction <laughs> if you want. So we, uh, we've just been swapping rounds of microphones and because because I always just do the hello and welcome to the science fiction bloody bloody bloody. That's what I always say as the as the intro when we're doing the, uh, the sound, sound check. check. Yeah. Uh, we've done so many sound checks that like I've lost all... Um, Connection? Yeah, all brain connection uh, of what I actually say at the start of these podcasts. All right, so today's book, well, put it this way, two episodes ago, we finished the book, no, I finished the book yeah. called Salvation by Peter F. Hamilton, talked a lot about it, gave it five stars. You hadn't finished it. No, you hadn't started I hadn't, it. I don't I think didn't re- you, hadn't, you hadn't, hadn't read it. Read and it. I said you should read it because the idea was that then we could listen to the audiobook of the second book together on our big France trip because we, we knew we were going to have like 11 hour uh, uh, drives or more. across Germany and France and Switzerland in this case and the idea being that hey what we should do Juliana finishes the first book and then we'll have a, a big chunky audiobook it's like an 18 hour audiobook or whatever yeah. to listen to on these journeys and um, and so I said at the start of the next episode what we'll do is that Juliana will have finished the first book in the series Salvation Yes, we'll talk about that for a bit Juliana's thoughts on that and then we'll do the full review of the second book in the series Salvation Lost so over to Juliana for her thoughts on book number one in the Salvation uh, series by Peter Hamilton. Go. Um, I don't really have to talk that much about it. What, the first book? There's not a lot to say, except that... Um, well, there's, now there must that have been I've a read, lot to say, because yes. we talked about an hour and a half of it. Yes, the I understand. Yeah, and okay. um, the thing is, um, I've now not only read the first book, yeah. but I've also finished the second book. Oh, uh, yeah. And the issue with that is, is that... Um, it kind of clicks so well together. Yeah. And so much happens. Yeah. I I can't differentiate what happens when and what is the dividing line between book one and two. Right. In my head, it's all yeah. one big timeline with stuff happening. Weirdly enough, story-wise, it just continues on. Yes. But structure-wise, it's very different. Because in the first book, they did the, um, you know, the Canterbury Tales, people on a journey, and as they go along, each one of them tells the story of how they got there. Yes. Mixed with Hyperion, which also did that, but also the Hyperion, which is um, all of us are telling the story. We're all on a mission to see an alien uh, artifact somewhere, and one of us yeah. is a spy. Or yeah. in that case, one of us is an alien. Um, and so that's how, the, that's the structure of the first book. Mixed in with that, you've got like the, the current day stuff that's going on. Yeah. You've got the backstory bits, which are the um, flashbacks, you know, or the, the, hey, let me tell you the time when me and Yuri met or whatever. Yes. and then you also have like the like the far future stuff, which is thousands of years. It turns out to be 10,000 years in the future, yeah. um, which is in a different timeline with a different stuff. And there you did, you actually, when you read it, you said, hey, you didn't tell me this was like um, uh, Ender's Game because it's sort of like children doing zero gravity training, uh, training and exercises. Training and yeah. stuff like, yeah. So I had thoughts of what that could mean, like yeah. in the, uh, having this as a backdrop for this story. Yeah. The, the, the children training as a, as a group to become together a squad and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I, I had a background thoughts about that. 
Um, and this is what always happens. I I read something and then my brain goes like, oh, this uh, feels like... Duh, 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 duh. Yeah, this one, yeah. And then I think, oh, maybe this unfolds like that or this yeah. unfolds like that. And it maybe doesn't there really. Is a, no, nothing really did go... But here's the thing. My what, thought... Yeah, way. what happened in that one, though, that kind of far future stuff where the 10,000 years later battling the aliens or preparing to battle the aliens in the future, mm. a lot, all of that pays off in this book because a lot of the action is there. So what we have in the first yeah. book is a setup to uh, sort of like in the in the real world, we're getting in contact with an alien and then it turns out like the, at the end of that book, uh, the, the book ends sort of like, ah, we're going to start an alien invasion. Yeah. And at the end of the the far future stuff of the of the in the first book, it yeah. ends with now we're going to st take the battle to the enemy, and we're going to have a battle with the enemy. Yes. And then this book, what plays out is this crazy situation where there there's two battles going on, or to, like an invasion in one case and a battle in the other case with mm -hmm. the same enemy, mm. ten thousand years apart, yeah. in two different parts of the galaxy, with like the. The characters in the future, in the far future, mm. knowing what happened in the past and referencing things that had happened in the previous book. And then in this book, Salvation Lost, the second book in the series, referencing things that are happening in this book. And then at the end, also referencing things that are going to happen in the third book, which yeah. is actually in the past, which is going to be on Earth or whatever like that. Yes. So, again, this story, uh, Peter F. Hamilton obviously worked out all of this in all advance, this. like it's yeah. so much worked it's in advance. So you can, it's so it's so thorough. Yes, and you, it's so detailed. But also, it's so clever that he's telling these parallel stories of two mm. different parts of a war, of a galaxy-spanning alien invasion slash battle for the survival of humanity and mm. other alien races against uh, against this uh, race. Yeah, and because it's worked out so cleanly, like he starts off with the same beginning as mm. the. The, the previous book yes because in the previous book there's sort of like these mysterious aliens who are there uh, sent out to help earth against um or help new intelligences or new uh species that evolve in the galaxy yeah uh, and they're like hey we're the nayana we're gonna send some emissaries to help them in their future battle yeah against the uh, with our knowledge yeah of, yeah against the what's that the oleks uh, the Oliaks are going to... We know that the Oliaks are going to invade in yeah. the future. So we'll get there first and we'll be there to help them out. And the first book begins with that chapter, sort of yeah. like, and then they arrive and they go and down do here this, and, do and they that. land in Tierra del Fuego. And the second book opens with exactly the same kind of thing yeah. going on with the same, with the same, like, the outcome. Well, not a different, it's not the same outcome, but it's a different one. But it's so clever because we it's just... So clever. Because we, we read these books back to back. Yeah. And um, I'd listened to it as the audiobook. I was like, hey, is this the same book again? And it's sort of like even even landing on the southern tip of or the minor continent, like in the same way landing in Tierra del, Tierra del Fuego, yeah. they kind of pick out the same place on this other planet. Yes. And they, so it's, do they always land on the southern tip of the least important continent or whatever? Well, I know. I think they, they land somewhere where it's least uh, observable. Yeah, fewer people, yeah. And uh, I remember when we started listening to the audiobook yeah. and um, and we, we noticed, oh, it's the same this literally the same story introduction yeah and then i said oh it's about this kind of stuff yeah because we i just read that like uh like i don't know yeah. uh, a few days ago no no and it for wasn't you, it has been a bit we finished you finished listening to the audiobook and on the same car journey we just queued up the next audiobook you'd it wasn't that you read it a few days before you we'd been reading it or you'd been reading it like that same car journey we'd both been reading it you yes know. i've read the book yeah and uh 
I just read the chapter where they talked oh, about. Oh, where they talk, talk about setting and up this. And I other remembered thing. Yes. immediately, yeah, yeah. and you didn't remember because it's a bit longer. Of course, as soon you. as they you, said you it, I was like, "Oh yeah, that thing." Yeah, but yeah, because for me it had been uh, the, the, three weeks. The in alien advance. name was very, very uh, clear, in, in, head, clear yeah. in my head, so I knew exactly what was what was going on, and I I knew immediately what they had set up, yeah. um, and that it then worked. The the plan unfolded the way they wanted. Yes, and um, and so that. Just just that starting of the book, like mirroring the first yeah. book, is is amazing. Is, is It's one of those things where you just, just go, like if somebody had done it and it hadn't worked, you'd be like, ah, you're trying to be too clever. But I think what Peter F. Hamilton manages with this series is he's being exactly the right amount of clever yes. in all of these things. You know, like in this book, somebody is walking across a bridge and they look down and you're just like, oh, we know who that is, even though we don't know, like at that point, where they're going to be. Just that he mentions somebody looking over a bridge and going like and waving down at somebody and the person looking up, you're like, we probably know who that person is looking back up in that way. Like yeah. everything locks together really nicely yes. in ways which would seem too cute or too pat or too clever yeah or too sort of like hanging a hat on a hat kind of thing but in this it's it's like uh, it, it works it works for me in this now one. i have a question yeah what's up? um you compared the first book very heavily with hyperion yes and you read the next book after hyperion I didn't read the full next book. But you continued full reading. Full of Hyperion. Yes. I continued reading. Okay. And it was garbage and I stopped reading and just went over and read the Wikipedia okay. page just to get the plot filled in. How does this transfer into the second book? It just, again, like how... the, the idea, the structural kind of thing that, again, I, what I think Peter Hamilton realizes is that you can do that um, Canterbury Tales, like, for group one of book. people for one book. You yeah. can only do this. Lost tried to do the same thing. They're like, and now in this next thing, we've got this other group of characters. Each one of those, you know, the structure of the Lost TV show. I is have that, never seen it. Okay, what happens is every episode you get stuff happening on the island and then you get some backstory of one of the characters the in who, flashback. Yeah, okay. But... After you do a few flashbacks of someone's life, you you get uh, you get all the important things yeah. that brought them up to that place. Oh, here's Jack, and he met that person in the airport and came so here and did that. Nothing new. And before that, he did that. Yeah, and then you're going, what can we? What can we else? Can we go back to and do backstory for? So of course, in uh, like once you've set up the entire backstory of what's happening now in the book, yeah. you can't do that. You can't keep doing that. Yes. Lost did, and they got. Diminishing and results. Hyperion did that. Too? Hyperion didn't. It okay. was they just took all of that kind of clever, the, all the cleverness that I liked and all the interesting structure that I liked about Hyperion was just removed. And then they're like, and now let's just do a story. Okay. There was this kind of clever thing that one person had access to what somebody else was experiencing or seeing. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of like they were you could hear you saw what their story was and you also saw what somebody else's story was, but reflected through somebody else. Hmm. So there was a little bit of cleverness. But it just wasn't clever and it didn't add anything to the story or any structure. It yeah. was, uh, but in this book, uh, there is a more of that. Uh, it, it, I think Salvation Lost keeps up with that two time frame thing. Yeah. And it's more important in this book, that two time frame, because there's actually action happening in both books. Yes. And the action in, in one book is important, like what we discover in one book. And For the example, other one, one is just filling material. Yeah. <laughs> 
previously they were like, well, we've got to get to know these characters in this book because if they suddenly just turn up in the next book, we don't get, we don't know them and we we don't care about them enough. Yeah. Whereas if we get to know them throughout this book, when we come back to them in the next book, we care about these young soldiers, where they come from, what the stakes are, and everything. Yeah, and than... also we know uh, we kind of get to know the little quirks of the personalities, yeah. and we get to we, we. This is what you said with the person walking across the bridge. Yeah. Because he introduced the the characters so well in the first book. Um, we then yeah. knew exactly by just the way. Well, actually, those characters walks, weren't introduced so, in the first book. Yes, but, but like yeah, this kind of, uh, or if somebody says something in a way, yeah. and then I always think, ah, this sounds familiar. Yeah. And then... Uh, Unfortunately, with the audiobook, it spoils it a bit. Because oh, yeah, it's the they, same voices. They do the same voice. And I'm like, oh, it was meant, I think it was meant to be a real mystery. Mystery. Who, who this, is this? Yeah, who this character is. But yeah. like, if you're just literally doing the same accent that I heard all the way through, like both books so yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, well, all right, that's going to be good. But like, you should probably, if someone is just talking stuff, like let the writing explain who the person yeah. is and the point of view. Don't just do the accent. Don't yes. just do the voice of this other yes. character. Also, I think it could have been changed up because that character evolved in a, in a way. So it, it yeah. wouldn't have to be the same kind of... Yeah, it wouldn't have to be exactly the same voice. Yes. So uh, while reading it, you all, of course, I only get the... The words, yeah. the written words. But it, words. that would have been enough, I think. But that was that was enough because the, just the style of how somebody talks and what they are saying mm. kind of already puts it across who the character is, just yeah. because everybody talks different, and uh, and so that was that was a very nice touch. Yeah. And um, I think the uh, I I just remember when we started listening to the audiobook. Yeah. The I think like the first. Uh, like I don't know, I don't quite know exactly the time frame. Yeah. Right? Let's say the first hour. Yeah. Like it was horrific. Yeah. Uh, it was... Well, here's the thing: the end of the first book <laughs> right. is aliens are invading Earth, and there's going to be a big battle in space. Yes. And this book kicks off with that, like the start of all of that. If you don't know I me. Mean. Yeah. So what we have in the first book is all set up, and it's set up with very well crafted setup. Yeah. It lays the stage. It sets the technology. We talked a bit in the previous book about like how there's portals everywhere, mm. and they works out the economy of the portals. Listen to a podcast about uh, uh, with Peter F. Hamilton talking about that first book from a few years ago. Oh, okay. He's saying yeah, it took like six months to think really hard about all the portals and things, yeah. you know, and the how economy the, and how, how the it all works. Technology works. works. Yeah. So that's how the world gets set up, and then there's an alien invasion, and and they're like, ah, shit! Now we need to use portals as mm. weapons. And this entire book is a is a is a full exploration of what a war would look like if people had portals. Mm. And I love that kind of stuff because it, it's pure science fiction. Like so many things in science fiction. Just I, I read this um, interesting blog post this morning by Charles Stross, Charlie Stross, and he was saying so much of. Uh, science fiction tropes which were great all the way, all the way through the 20th century and 21st century and now it's you can't write science fiction about them because they're just so much in our world now yes like it's really difficult to write science fiction about what the world would be like With if everybody handheld has handheld computers yeah handheld computers because uh -huh. now everyone has handheld computers and you can't speculate on what that would be like yeah. that speculation of that kind of science fiction That's has past. been taken off the path yeah. also now with pandemics we know what the world looks like with some kind of pandemic not, not good like the only way we could make pandemics even even more is if they if they were like more of you know like uh, an Ebola kind of thing where yeah. loads of people are dying like visibly in the streets and yeah. becoming zombies or whatever um yeah. and yeah and other things like that like he they, one of his examples was once somebody landed on the moon hmm. you can't now 
tell a, a first story or the story of the first person landing on the moon. How that would be, yeah. what would happen, what the effect would be. Because it, yeah. either it has to be satire or uh, full of irony or whatever like or that. Or it has to be documentary or style. Or it has to be documentary style. You have to kind of, like there's been lots of uh, th- yeah. lots of uh, novelizations of uh, conquests of the moon and things. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Or alternative history. A bit like, I haven't seen it, but I want to subscribe to the um, uh, Apple plus Apple TV plus things to, to watch for all mankind because that's sort of like an alternate retelling of what it would have been like if the Russians got to the moon ahead First, of the uh, Americans. That's, okay. I think that's the opening episode or whatever. Yeah. So it goes through the space race uh, with, a, with a different winner, if yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah. uh, be interested um, to see that. I want to talk a little bit about the... Um... Oh, no, I haven't finished oh, my sorry. thing. I'm so sorry. what we have now yeah. is, an, is a science fictional exploration of something which hasn't yet become reality in our world, in our current time, yes. which is portals. Yes. So instead of going, oh, what would it be like with an alien invasion? What would it be like with a pandemic? What would it be like with all of this kind of stuff? Or what's, you know, artificial intelligence, like a computer that can play, can beat someone at chess. You're like, yeah, yeah. You, we, catch up, we, we catch up, that. catch yeah. up. And now they're like, okay, we, uh, artificial intelligence is very much in the background of this and sort of even like spaceships flying around very much in the background it's all like portals what can we do with portals if portals existed what would space warfare look like with portals yes also uh, in the in these books humanity doesn't really have g- great uh, uh, arsenals of weapons yeah. so they have to saying, yeah, come up just portals exactly yeah. like at the start they're like hey we've got some nuclear weapons and then they're like after one thing they're like oh we don't have nuclear weapons anymore and they're all like ah shit what do we do portals and so this yeah. whole book is a really fun I, you know remember i did this book about um and i panned it really bad because it was a book where there was a portal through to a different dimension and people would go through and hunt mammoths and dig for gold and stuff like that yes and there was some fun portal action in there where oh you hold a portal at this angle and then you can drop something through it and if you hold it at this angle yeah. you can push something through it and you know and you can sneak the portal around the back of something and go through to the other dimension and look back to them i love explorations of portal stuff like this it works really yeah, it, well it reminds me literally of, of the computer game of portal but in portal <laughs> it's sort of like what would happen if somebody could shoot a portal at something and then have a platforming game hmm. and that's what the exploration is yeah. and there must be other games where here's a portal and now we're going to use it for war or something but with this it's like portals exist and we're going to have uh, uh, two different battles going on one which is spread across the entire galaxy mm-hmm. and another one which is just within a solar system what does that mean like what does portal warfare look like yeah and again i don't need to go into the details here but i'm just saying it's awesome because i'm reading science fiction where somebody has thought through all of these ideas yeah in ways which i haven't seen expressed in movies in video games in other science fiction novels that i've read in tv because portals pretty much since the game portal portals have only been done in one way yeah like when there's the x-men they and they have portals it's pretty much they're playing portal you know yeah. that's it yeah yeah, yeah. Whereas this, there's a different idea. You know, that in the first book when they're talking about threading the portals. Yes. And in this book, there's this mention that they're like, oh, they can actually expand portals. So a portal can be very small and then they can expand it out to be very big and then shrink it down to be very small again. And it's kind of as thrown away as a reference. And then like the next chapter, it's revealed in the current times when they're like, oh, yeah, there's actually a way that they can do it where instead of having to put portals through portals to make bigger portals, they can just expand a portal out to the size that they need it. Yeah. And once that's discovered, then you're yeah. Like, oh right that's something else that we can yeah. play with but also it is not being the all these discoveries are not particularly being made by people talking about it no 
because in in the in the first book we have the um when uh um Callum is he he is at that point he's this uh, waste uh, toxic waste manager whatever yeah. he the guy who saves the world yeah. and then there we see the use of portals yeah. you see what they do and how they use these portals and in what everyday happens life. in yes. everyday life it's yeah. not like uh, somebody is explaining to us the reader no. okay here is how the portal works yeah. let me give you an no, overview no we just see people threading the portals yes yeah. we see them using them and yeah. then later Later on, we see them using what they know about how yeah. they use the portals. But here's the thing: all of the first the book, all of the first book is setting up how the portals work yes. with waste management, with yeah. commerce, with travel, yeah. with all those kind of stuffs, with um, throwing people through to another planet as a penal colony. Yeah. We see it used as a heist. We see it used for ways of like um, uh, terraforming. So yes. they open a portal and shove through loads of and, water. Uh, uh, and, yeah, and yeah, heat, yeah, if ice, they need to heat it yeah. up, yeah, they put through ice and heat yeah. to, to, to regulate the temperature yeah. of a planet by doing that. We see portals used for loads and loads of different kind of things. Crucially, yeah. we don't see portal being used for warfare and in this book all of that work in that first novel like yeah. a big chunky novel actually let me look it up it was like you said it was like a thousand pages or something yeah in uh, uh, 90 yeah, it was a 19 hour audiobook all about how portals work yes and what we can do with portals and how an entire society is set up for portals in this book they're like we're going to introduce two things we're going to introduce drug use well, and we're going to introduce warfare. Yeah. And so this whole book is about drug use. Well, not it's not just about drug use, but suddenly that becomes a major part because we, we got some underworld uh, people. In, that we follow into, along. Yeah. That we follow along with. Yeah. So drug use is, is brought up with this. And then also, how do we use portals as warfare? And they don't need to go into, like, this book doesn't need to do all of that previous work. A whole because we other know novel. what people knew. We know everything. Yeah. Like, we're up to speed on how yes. portals work. Yeah. And now they're like, go. And it's almost refreshing that this book could not worry about world building, not worry about political setup, not worry about character setup. We all not, know that. It's just action. It's yes. just like, holy fuck, we need to solve problems and we have portals. How can we kill the aliens with these portals? Yeah. Or how can we trace the aliens with these portals? Yeah. Or how can we do time dilation with these portals to, you know, to travel somewhere quicker, something, something, something. I, I can't exactly understand how this works. I have a, I have a suspicion where the alien enclave is. Because they, they okay. keep saying that. Yeah, we need to find the... Here's my theory for the third book. Yeah. They keep saying time passes more slowly in the alien enclave. Yeah. I think the alien enclave is traveling close to the speed of light. And the closer you get to the speed of light, the slower time travels in your bubble, in your, in your bubble of speed. Okay. Meaning... Right. Anyone who's traveling that fast, time is passing slower for them. And here's the thing, it was never quite sure how gravity works through the portal. But matter and light and energy passes through the portal. Yeah. And then sometimes you're like, oh, gravity, does gravity they talk pass a through? Lot, they yeah. talk a lot about the gravity and what, yeah. and what people experience going As they through, go through different it. places. How does gravity. time travel through the portal? And this but is my that thing. That hasn't been explored hasn't yet. Hasn't been explored yet. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the next, the next book might do that. If you're in, if you're in one place, which mm -hmm. is stationary, mm -hmm. and the speed of light, blah, 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 e, e equals mc squared, all of the equations which everyone knows but nobody can actually understand or yeah. explain. Here's the thing. 
if you go through a portal to somewhere that's traveling really fast, is time passing slower there? And then when you pass back, how much time has passed for you? Yeah. You know, what about time referencing? So my theory is the alien enclave, which is traveling, which they say is going more slowly. Time is passing more slowly there. So stuff that they can wait out a hundred years and just a minute or whatever it mm -hmm. is. We do the interstellar go down to the near the worm. Like, so is it next to a black, circling fast around a black no, hole? No, you need to let me also say something you said okay, about time and I'm saying that something something will be related to uh to black holes or, or okay oh, is that some, what you think that's yeah, what you, that's that you kind think. of uh what i thought that they managed to uh to contain a black hole and then use that as a use the, a traveling device or oh, i don't know but. so maybe traveling quickly around a black hole mm -hmm. is is what we need you mm -hmm. know so not to not close enough to be spaghettified, yeah. or is it inside a black hole? Well, no, it can't be inside a black hole. But maybe it's. But maybe they they did manage. Can to you get put inside... a portal? Can you drop a portal past the event horizon of a black hole? Yeah. And do, can you get out of the event horizon in a black hole through a portal? Yeah. Because we all know that nothing can get out of a black hole. Yeah. So maybe that's it. So you think it's black holes, yeah. and I think it's. Of course, when you actually look at the equations, it's it's the same it's thing. The same it's the curvature of time space, yeah. uh, space time. Yeah. So I'm thinking something's traveling very fast, and you're thinking something is very close to a big source of gravity. Yes. Maybe inside. So let's see. This something the next like book that. comes out in October. Yeah. Um, uh, so oh yeah. So now I out. want to get back to um, how the um, continuation works between book one and two. Um, there. In the first book, we have one of the one of the. Oh, I just you kicked my mic stand. Yeah, there we go. Um, you you have these uh, these canticles stories and Canterbury one of Canterbury canticles. I yeah. don't know what that means. Um, the you have one one person telling uh, the story, and I was like the whole time when when I read that story, I was thinking. Who is that character? Because they are talking from the me point of view. Yeah, They're the first, and Kings, the but the yeah, it's the first person narrative. And I thought, there's something odd. Yeah. There's something odd about this character. And but then I got confused because they are saying, let's find out who the alien is. Yes. And that was genius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's the thing that we but you discovered at the end of the first book. And I was like, even if you think some even we don't need to spoil it for people. But no. here's the thing. Even knowing um, the idea of um, of, of uh, Hyperion, where mm. they say, like, even if you know that, again, I, I don't want to go into spoilers too much because I think we've, we remain mostly spoiler free of the big reveals and things. Yeah. But mostly being mostly spoiler free. Um, well, we knew what in, he does, in the assessment group there yeah, would yeah. be an alien, an, spy. an alien But I'm just saying... I was really blown away. Even knowing it, he's Peter F. Hamilton still got one over on me. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed it more knowing what um, what they'd done, Dan Simmons had done in Hyperion. Mm. And knowing that, it works if you don't know that, but knowing that it gives an extra bit of enjoyment. But it also works for you, yes. not probably not remembering it Hyperion. It worked for me. Mm. Like, just the way he uses language... Um, it's it's a bit it's a bit like um, if you see uh, if you see like for example the 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 characters in computer games like Quop or now now the four guys the yeah. way they walk yeah is somehow odd is like weird it's yeah. it's like even even Quop if you manage to get the character walking in a human style it's still a little bit like you yeah it's not quite right yeah and uh, the that way uncanny that uncanny valley kind of thing yes almost. Yeah. yes and he uses uh, like often you have that with just visuals so mm. you look humans look at something and they know immediately oh something's wrong is here yeah odd 
And because this is books, this is language, this is written. Yeah. He managed to do that via words. In your brain. In my brain. Yeah. And he tickled something where I think like, <laughs> mm, I don't know. This feels like something is going on, but I, I have no idea because. Yeah. And it's, it's just a tickle. Yeah. It's yeah. just a tickle. It's and one of those great things. The things I really love when what an author does is when they can make you realize something. They they tickle your brain in a way which makes you realize what the plot twist is about three sentences before they reveal yes. the plot twist. And although, I always. What? Although in this one. I didn't see. No, you didn't see it coming. But when it happened, it's sort of like, oh, that was surprising. And yet it seems inevitable looking all the way back. Yes. And because I listened to quite a big chunk of that first book again with mm. you in mm. the car, yeah. because we were driving down to France, you hadn't finished the book. You no. were like a third of the way into it. So we actually listened to a big section there from near the yes. start of the book or in the first half of the book. And I listened to that with you another three hours of the audio. And then at the end, we listened to like the last two and a half hours of the audio book together yeah. of the of the first book. And yeah. I was like, oh, I, even I know what's coming and like, listening to it again again I, I, did, I probably wouldn't read the whole first book again but get dropping back into it I'm like oh this was all set up all the way back here oh this is all working out all the way back here so did that all happen in the first book all of that was in the first book really yes that's ah. what I'm saying see this is why yeah. it's so it's so hazy the reveal that is literally the end point end of the book. first book oh, and yeah. then they're like ah now we know what's up with the aliens yeah they're invading we've got to we've got to get through this yeah. so so no it's it's, it's so so, so you have impressive. high level appreciation with the first book yes and let's okay let's wrap up our thoughts in the second book because you said you didn't have much to say about this this is a very second book in a trilogy yeah it's it doesn't have a beginning when it starts it just picks up where it left off yes the tone of the book is completely different because it's all warfare, all action. This is no setup. This is all just going on. Actually, there is a bit of setup with the uh, with the uh, gang. What's the gang called? Uh, let me have the a look. The Legion. Yeah, the Legion of... Uh, mm, the Southwark uh, South Legion. I think it's Southwark Legion, but it's, it's spelled Southwark. But it's Southwark Legion. Yeah. A second-rate criminal gang aspiring. So you're Adnan, Piotr, Trond, Gareth, Oli and Lars. Mm. Um, their story takes a bit of time to get set up. Yes. I really enjoy the the difficulty level that um, Peter F. Hamilton goes with, like, with his characters when mm. he starts writing them. He does not shy away from pretty nasty characters as main characters, pretty terrible characters as main characters, yeah. like not nice people to be around. In fact, one of his books that he wrote was, the whole book was about someone like that. And people were like, eh, didn't really like this book. It's like, yeah, because we're spending time with like obnoxious- Greg Mandel one. No, no, it isn't. No. It's, a, it's, it's a book in the, uh, maybe, actually, I read it before the Science Fiction Book Review podcast started. Oh, okay. But it's, it's like, you know, the- um, the the uh, Judas Unchained and yes. um, other Pandora stuff. Star. Pandora and Star. You, There's yeah. a, another book in that series before that. It's not in the series. It's just set in the same world. Yeah. And it's about somebody who set who has some amazing computer storage technology. Okay. And it's just it's a story about obnoxious billionaires being obnoxious to each other. And you're like, this is yeah. quite this is quite hard this is work. The misspent youth. Yeah, misspent youth. That's it. It's about somebody. It's like the first person who ever has young youngening um, like rejuvenation technology because he's one of the richest. He's like a Jeff Bezos kind of guy. Yeah. So Jeff Bezos suddenly yeah. becomes yo younger than his own son, and then it's about the inter. <laughs> play between that and it's sort of like wow these are not great people to hang around with and uh yeah and peter hamilton like yeah i wanted to write a story about what it would be like if one of the richest people in the world or one of the most influential people in the world suddenly regained his youth and how much of an obnoxious dick he would be about it yeah well what i what i i just went on onto the books by peter hamilton page on yeah. the goodreads and um i i read uh the pandora star um 
the Commonwealth saga. Yeah. So where he also uses the, some sort of uh, the, the the sets up the portal idea. Yeah. And it's a different style of portal, but yeah. And uh, and uh, billionaires who have so much money that they don't know what to do, so yeah. they do all this kind of juvenation, rejuvenation, rejuvenation stuff. Yeah. stuff. So in this book, he keeps just doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it just, just becomes background. Yeah, yeah, it just becomes background. But he explored all these things in the other books already so well and in yeah. depth that now it's kind of like it's so well thought through you yes. know he's it, it, the, all these books aren't taking place in the same universe because you can only have you can only have earth being invaded or planets being inflated by aliens like once per book you can only have yeah. one interstellar battle once per series or whatever yeah and then you've got to take it in a different direction or go to a void or go to the center of the galaxy or yeah. just have a whole new a whole new world set up yeah. so uh no it's uh no it's... i'm very i'm very impressed by the Again, just not not so much the world building, but like in a world where there are obnoxious obnoxious rich people. Yeah. Are we going to concentrate on them? Are they going to be the villains? And in this book, but by the end of the story of mm. these quite obnoxious people, obnoxious rich people, mm. and the people who are preying on the obnoxious rich people in a way which is like really corrosive and mean and nasty. Like yeah. Trond turns like really nasty. But by the end of his story and that whole thing... We all feel like, oh. Well, no, because you realize, oh, all of these people are just trying to get by in the world, yeah. and then there's an alien invasion, and you're like, well, what do you do then? And, you know. Yeah. So, um, so there's one thing I wanted to, um, to, like when I talked about, the, I'm pretty sure we talked about the Commonwealth saga. Where I, I, I certainly read uh, and listened to these these books. Uh, it was Let me go back. Epic uh, when you say Commonwealth Saga, are you talking Pandora, Pandora Star, Star and Judas Unchained? And you've never actually completed the Dreaming Void, Temporal Void, and Evolutionary Void. No, no, you never got through yet. those. No, it's like something we still hanging on in my in my uh, audiobook. That that's the issue with audiobooks. I yeah. I, I would have to continuously read them. Yeah. Uh, listen to them, and if I don't have uh, options, then yeah. they just fall. Maybe you just buy them as an ebook. Yeah. As Not probably, now, maybe next year or something. Yeah. Just, just get just through the I void. Get, if I get another uh, Hamilton uh, yeah. reading session. Yeah. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that in Pandora Star and Judas Unchained, I was quite annoyed by the the way that he wrote women and um, and sex. And um, in the first book, I was actually which I get in the first book of this series in the first in book Salvation of, now. In Salvation okay, now. Go. Yep, go. I was. Quite impressed by I, I I still remembered my feelings towards him writing about women. Yeah, and I think that has changed a lot. Yeah, and I think also I was I was reading Salvation and I was waiting for the cringeworthy sex scenes where I think like yeah wow blah, blah, blah. yeah and um, so that didn't turn up and I was um, but in this book yeah <laughs> and in this book suddenly he can't help himself. No, but the thing is <laughs> it has in to this be... book it's. Very, it's, 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 it's much more clear that what he's writing isn't, this isn't the hero doing this. Yes. And it's not good that what's going on now. Yes. So he, I'll give him a for, pass in yeah, this for, one. It's for story development and yes. what, what's going on and yeah. for setting the, the background and the scenes and stuff. Yeah. And I, I understand that. But it, it, I, it's not unexpected that suddenly we have these. Uh, yeah. No, I understand what you mean. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a problem with the book. But it is kind of an issue with the book. Yes. Like, it is something that sticks out in this way in this book. Yes. You're like, oh, it felt like from the previous book, he'd moved on from some of that. Yes. But he kind of can't help himself, but he still does it in a in a in more interesting way yes. than in previous books. In the, in the previous book, I remember there's this one character who is these... Uh, the, when the, you say previous book, which one are we talking about? 
I don't know. Pandora's oh, Pandora's okay. Star. Commonwealth Saga. Yeah, okay, yeah. In the Commonwealth Saga, we yeah. have one character that uh, buys apartments and then sets them up, and yeah. and she is this really where you think like, oh, what kind of woman is this? Like she's yeah. uh, like she obnoxious little. I don't yeah. know. And um, and so we keep. And and also there are other women who are like this, uh, the the rich guy's uh, trophy wife yeah, trophy kind wife, of yeah. like oh she's uh, blonde and thin yeah. and doesn't have much in her Head, brain yeah. and and so in the first salvation book there was none of that there yeah. was none yeah. of these people really. well because all the people in that book were in fact actually Gwendolyn turns up and she's yes. she's one of those we things you're like, like oh, oh is she right, the kind yeah. of person but and then she's a main character or she's a viewpoint character in this second book yes and I think and she's going to be way more important in the third book because yeah. he seems to be introducing these characters in these yeah. books where you're like oh they didn't she didn't really do very much in this book yeah she was like a viewpoint character of somebody who was just in London and mm. you know what was happening with the invasion yeah uh, and well, not the invasion, but like the the build up to the invasion. Yeah, she was just there, and yeah. you're like, oh, in the third book, she's gonna be way more important. In fact, she they even say she's say I'm gonna leave this place because I'm gonna be doing really important stuff. I'm gonna in do the next place. Work for I'm gonna humanity, be doing important coming back yeah. and helping. Yeah, she doesn't do that in this book. In the previous, in the first book, she was like this way background character. Yeah, this book, she was she a was, viewpoint yeah, character. Yeah, she was a, a young young yeah. woman. I think in the next book, she's gonna be much more of a. She's gonna be more driving the action. I think so too. Yeah. But but yes, this is uh, something. Uh, if you know an author and have read books by that person before, it colors your view. Yeah, it does. And also, you can. What I quite like, on the other hand, is if if you see uh, some character, uh, like some writing about characters evolving mm. and uh, getting away from certain things and yeah. then moving on Tropes, in directions. Yeah. And so I I totally thought that with the first Salvation book that yeah. he, he moved on from writing in flimsy women who need help and are really like oh i don't know and what have i'm a lot of doing sex. Yeah. yes all right then my thoughts rate rating for the first book i gave it five stars what would you give the first book yeah five so, stars that was okay second book rating for the second book um this is the the series issue yeah it again. is isn't it it's like how much did i enjoy this book because of this book and how much did i enjoy this book because it was a continuation of a five star book beforehand yes. Tell you something, did not drop the ball on this second no. book. The quality level is high. However, the stuff that I really liked in the first novel, it's a totally different vibe, totally it's, different setup, yes. totally different everything. It's like a but it has to. It has, it has to, to be to continue the, what's going on. And it is a middle book, mm -hmm. and the next book comes out in two months' time in mm -hmm. October or whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's one of those things that I'm really looking forward to the third book. Yes. This book, I didn't. I don't rate as highly. And again, all of my ratings are how much I enjoyed it subjectively. Yes. And as I was listening to this book, I was enjoying it a lot, but I was like, a lot of my enjoyment is the, a hangover from the previous book. Yes. This book on its own is surely, it's easily a four-star book just from the exploration of Portal Warfare. Yeah. Portal Warfare does a lot for this. Yeah. But... So much of like, oh, this character's really great. I'm like, yeah, but they're only really great because I found out they were great before. But this, it, it's okay. It's this is totally ha happens all the time in trilogies. Like I actually thought I mentioned this so many times. I think the second, um, the second uh, Hunger Games movie is yeah. better than the first. Yeah. But it can't exist by itself. Empire yeah. Strikes Back is better than Star Wars, but it doesn't. It, it can't exist. You yes. can't just start watching there. Yeah. The first book, the first movie, does a lot of the heavy lifting. Yes. Also, I think in in a trilogy you have to have in the second book you have to have a 
a dip of some kind. You have to have a, like a dip of um, uh, like it Tension, has to, story. yeah, it has to change. If it yeah. doesn't do that, um, it it kind of wouldn't really work. You have to have an arc kind of situation. Yeah, and and I think uh, this book really does it. And I. Sp- through this book I yeah. read it like that yeah you read some, it way quick I was ex- I was really surprised how quickly you got through it some sections I just like I was so sucked into the book I yeah. couldn't stop reading because it was so much happening yeah. and there were bits that I thought like oh this is dreadful and not wor- not going on but it is necessary yeah to have yeah, that. there has to be stakes you can't exactly. just like and here's the thing always this this trope always comes up with science fiction why yeah. would an alien race ever invade earth like, what could they possibly want from Earth? Yeah. And Peter Hamilton has cracked that with mm. what he's doing in mm-hmm. this book. There's a reason why they're invading Earth. And it's more horrific than they just want to exterminate everyone. Yeah. It's more horrific than they want to take a, eat our, eat everybody. You know, it's like a different kind of horrificness. Yes. And it's not pleasant to read, but it's really interesting. And it makes the story mean something. It makes yeah. all the battles mean something. Yeah, it, when, me- it, me- it means that we... We as humans, we suffer along with the humans experiencing it and we need to feel this dreadfulness to to actually want them to succeed or to do stuff and yeah. to like we, we they he, uh, Peter Hamilton has to uh, revoke these feelings in us yeah so that we uh, really feel along and want the yeah. stuff to uh, to to unfold in front of us yeah. if we wouldn't feel that we would be cold towards the the things that happened mm. and this is not what you want you want the reader to be engaged and uh, yeah I was engaged all the way through yes, this me too and the horrificness which was very unpleasant to listen to or read yeah. is part of that so yeah I'm gonna rate this book I would rate it four stars but I actually enjoyed it more than four stars because I came off like like we'd finished the first book and went ramp straight into yeah. it. And it was it felt like a continuation of the first book. So I'm going to rate this four and a half stars, even though as a book, it does have that disappointing third book in a trilogy kind of vibe second, to it. Second book. Oh, sorry, yeah. Middle book in a trilogy yeah. vibe, which makes me enjoy it a bit less. But I was still riding the wave from the first book. And I think that's perfectly good because yeah. it was written this way. Yes. You can tell all of this was worked out in advance. Like yeah. I say, Peter Hamilton is in control of this. Yeah. Nothing is a surprise. Nothing happens Every, by accident. Yeah, nothing's happening by accident. It's not yeah. like they brought in another director. Or no. they're like, oh shit, the first book was really successful. Quick, the second book. Yes. And they're like, let's do the first book again. Like, no, none of that. Or let's uh, not have anything in the yeah. second book. Yeah. Which also happens. No, it's, it's really good. So and four and a half stars from me. And from you? Four. Four stars. Yeah. So let's rate this overall 4.25 stars. Yeah. I was just looking here at Peter F. Hamilton of the books that I had uh, done with like Fallen Dragon, uh, Dreaming Void, Temple Void, Evolutionary Void, Great North Road, Manhattan Reverse, Abyss Beyond Dreams, Pandora's Stone, Jesus and Change, which we reviewed in one time when you read it, yeah. and Night Without Stars. And all of those are rated like uh, 4, 4, 3.5, 3.5, 4.5, 3.5, 4, 4, and... Yeah, and then the last book, yeah. five stars. So he, I realized Peter F. Hamilton for me is like this solid three and a half to four and a half star author yeah. for me. Like and not really... only for you. No, obviously. I, for lots of I went to Goodreads <laughs> to look uh, at uh, his list, uh, book list, p- yeah. books by Peter F. Hamilton, and it continues there. It's, it's all like 4.1. 4.4.2, 4. Four point something, four point yeah. four point four point. Then somewhere you have a three point nine, which yeah. is four. Yeah. Uh, so it's the, like the really solid, isn't it? Community also uh, rates 
the book by, but i by think him. also people who know they like peter of hamilton yeah. keep reading keep reading you, these books i see so many themes that are like well if you like peter of hamilton this is a good peter of hamilton book and so yeah. the people who don't like him are like oh no pandora star was like too much for me or you know yeah. whatever this this series was to, the, the books are just too long but yes. he can't help himself he has to write these big chunky books epic, with, epic novels yeah. but it's it's good if it you works. want to spend a lot of time with a book yeah uh, this is it and it's really funny uh, on the uh, Goodreads page for uh, Salvation Lost, um, the the reviews or like the first two reviews starts for me here on my uh, the what friends uh, review. Oh yeah. This is the second part of a trilogy, and then the next one, second books are usually a bit problematic. Yeah, yeah. This is very much oh, this is the oh, second that's Michael book. Michael and Ziv. A typical middle book in a series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so everybody starts with okay, this is the second book in the series. Yeah, and again, that was what I have like that expectations mm. of second mm-hmm. book. Like, and here's the thing: for a second book in a series, mm. this is this is like a four and a half star book, yeah. and I think that's what I'm saying. As a standalone novel or as a book by itself, I think it's probably three and a half to four stars. Probably four stars. I think if you would read this just without any knowledge, before, no, no, no. I'm not saying about wouldn't... no knowledge. I'm saying okay. as a story, as a as a. As a, a piece of a story, I don't think it's a five stars. No. You, it, all second parts of a trilogy require knowledge of the first part. Yes. But they can stand alone as a movie or book better than this can mm. as a reading experience or viewing experience. Mm-hmm. But for a but those are like th- those are the ones that stand out like way more. That's the Empire Strikes Back. Following up uh, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. It's sort of like oh that series that the you know that trilogy kind of peaks in the middle. If you know yeah. what I mean. There's a peak in the middle. Whereas most that peak it kind of go it ramps up on the first story, goes flat on the second story, mm-hmm. and then goes like like up, up or continues or on down. or whatever it does. But you know yeah. like I'm saying that it goes there's this there's normally a plateau for the second book. Yeah. So going into a second book in a trilogy expecting a plateau and it being a plateau but like a really good plateau yeah this works yeah like i say let's it's, see how it kicks off with the third story and it's it's just really fun to see what other people think about this book and uh, uh it's <laughs> all right we've talked about it's, this uh, for 45 minutes i know okay and you but, said i don't think i've got much to say about it because it's just a second book yeah well, i don't also, think i actually have said yeah, much every time we're like oh, i don't think i've got much to say about this we end up talking about yes. it but like 20 minutes longer yeah. than we think. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, 4.25 stars yes. for this one, which yeah. is very respectable for a second novel yes. in a series. What's going to be your next book? My next book is Gideon the Ninth. No, the follow-up to that. Right. The uh, Harrowhark. Uh, Harrowhark. The Ninth. The Harrowhark the Ninth. Okay. Which is very different from the first book, and I'm not sure I'm enjoying it. I'm about three hours into the audiobook, okay. and it's not grabbed me yet, whereas the first book like grabbed me in the first chapter. Yeah. This one isn't quite yet. We also have, you need to finish up, a book called The uh, Vanished Birds. The Vanished Birds. Yeah, by, I need to by get it from the library Jimenez. again, because it, in the meantime, oh, while yeah. I was reading the Salvation yeah. stuff, it came... And it went again. No, no, you should have said, yes, yes, take it. You should have taken it again. Yes, but I can't Look, read it at the same it. time as buy I'm it reading. From Goodread- no, buy it from Amazon or uh, iBooks. Just do it. Just okay. just get the Kindle book. You don't have to wait. It, it's a good book. I really want to talk to you about it because I've got a lot of things to yeah, say I'm about halfway that. through this. Okay, so that'll be the next book. So one of those two books. And then I've got some other books in my to-read list. I just want to say thank you to uh, our uh, Patreon supporters. I know it's weird to say this, but we've actually had, after mentioning that we have a Patreon, which is mostly for juggling stuff, but there's Mm. uh, some levels of support. So we did have a few people 
um, who have given us some level of support above the $25 a month wow, level. Wow, that's nice. Again, it, it's probably not ongoing support at that level, yeah, but, but they gave us enough. Thank you so much. And there um, is, is one of the things is you pick the topic, which is mostly for jugglers to request um, like a juggling video about a topic or a juggling podcast about a topic. Yeah. But when it comes to support from SFBRP listeners, it'll be like you can suggest a book or an author or a series of books. Mm -hmm. And at some point we'll get to it. Probably not this month or like in the month that you donated, but yeah. it'll be added to our to read list and we'll get to it. So yeah. we've got two topics coming up there. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I just want to say thank you so much to our um, people who are uh, actually supporting us on Patreon anonymously or not on Patreon. Thank you so much. It does make a huge difference and uh, allows us to, like I say, that's what I'm saying, Juliana buy the book just buy the book to read it yeah just no problem at all because people sfbrp listeners are supporting, supporting. us specifically for this and thank also generally for thank this thank you this is really good i'm i'm always really surprised by the kindness of people who just listen to us and yeah. just support us this is really but the nice. thing is i support other podcasts like yes. I, like i say i go through and i'll i'll every month or every now and then it used to be like every year I'd support a podcaster or something that I'd do for a yeah. year. And now I'm like, no, I'll just do it for a month because everyone's got back catalogs of exclusive content. Yeah. So if I give someone $10 this month, it means that I get their, you know, one year worth of bonus content and can yeah. listen through to it all. So yeah. that's what I've been doing with these various podcasts yeah. recently. And so, now you also need to say again the Patreon. Oh, patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Uh, again, you go there. It's all about juggling because it's mostly for jugglers to support my juggling output. Yeah. Um, like YouTube videos and podcasting and Fight Night Combat and all that kind of stuff but it's there if somebody feels like supporting us from the on the science fiction book review podcast email me luke at juggler.net is a great way to get in contact and uh, look out for some bonus episodes and non-book review episodes coming soon as well that's got something to do with some patreon supporters too yeah and um yeah that's it that's it yeah Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. Also on Instagram, if you want to check me out there. At not juggling Luke on Instagram, if you want to uh, see Jeez. not just me <laughs> videos, videos of me juggling other yeah. life stuff too. Yeah. And check out me on YouTube as well. You see what Juliana and I got up to on holiday. I'm going to post that video today <laughs> in a few minutes' time. It's yeah. uploaded. I just need it was to publish a fun it. Uh, yes, yeah, so you can check that out at Luke Burridge on YouTube. Every, Luke for me, Luke Burridge everywhere works out for me. Juliana is J U K U Berlin on Instagram and Twitter. That's true. So, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.